Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, and here we are, post-Origin Game 2, and to no surprise, unfortunately, the series is over box head. Queensland 32-6. to over New South Wales, we talked about how important it was to win at the neutral venue, um, and going to Suncorp was a near impossible task, and it basically proved to be the case. It did. Yeah, it did, mate. Uh, tough, tough old night to be a New South Wales fan. Sure was. But I can't say that I was surprised. surprised. Not surprised at all. Unfortunately. Both tipped Queensland. Um, margin was a bit bigger than I'd hoped at 10 and 12, that I thought. A little bit generous, ends up being 26. Mm. I know a lot of people weren't happy with the first two tries, but if you look at the game as a whole, and not to say that doesn't impact the result, but I think you can clearly say, unless you've literally got nothing but two blue eyes, that we were outplayed. Big time. And there was, we were not going to win that game. No, no way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's... Like I said, it's, it's, I'm probably more baffled than anything, but we'll get into it. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Uh, charity bet was Munster and Queensland that I had. Munster, no dice. Queensland get the, the win, so nothing added there. 775 in the kitty and hopefully 400 winner this weekend. But where do you want to start with this one, mate, in review? I know a lot of people were keen to hear what we have to say. I honestly think most of it is out there in the open. <laughs> from just watching the game. Well, yeah, like, what did you see in game two that you didn't already know? I, actually, I think we went backwards. And that's yeah, I agree. I, significantly point. backwards. And that's uh, regardless of the changes. I just think as a whole... We tried to play the same style of footy, which was a deep, dark failure in game one. Then we try and roll it out again with, yeah, inferior players in key positions, in my opinion. And, yeah, we just got ambushed. The same thing happened in regards to jamming defence on the edges. The service from Yo was too slow. The outside were just landing on the pass. Like, all stuff that we saw in game one, and we didn't have an adaptation for it. We didn't have a plan. No, we talked about sequencing and, like, putting plays back-to-back and taking shots and, you know, the interchange again. Was, well, I guess it was a little we bit... We didn't do any of that. Like, really... No. I, like, Reese Robson was really, really good, mm. but inside 20, he was horrible. Mm. Like, he hit too many leads... I he think stifled our attack. I think Yo stifled our attack. Yeah, and the fact that Tedesco isn't a great passer of the footy, mm. that's an issue. And we talked about this as well, about the spine connection. That was my biggest question. How is it going to work? Can we So you get no reception out of Robson. You get none out of Tedesco. You get none out of Yo. I think Moses, Moses was our best ball-playing 5-8 option. Yeah, we had a nice early run. A few of the early kicks in the first half were good. I thought the second half, he was a bit off. He dropped a couple of shorts. And Jerome is he, Jerome. Like, yeah, you know, he's, like he is what he is. He cuts back he inside. He tries yeah. to find holes in that negative, push passes. Um, he shifted a couple but of times. But Queensland also know what he is as well. They're, they're thinking, like, spook him. Jump up out of the line. Jam yeah. in and Make him go push back him back inside. inside. Yeah. Get him back into the drain. Get numbers into him. Get stuck in Realistically, him. what what Moses was doing with those kicks would have been a better play for Jerome mm. when they jam and kick in behind him and make him at least think, geez, like, I don't really know whether I, I want to jam in real hard here because if he pokes it in behind, mm. it's going to be a free run to the line for 
the center of the wing. And we had zero connection as a spine as well. There wasn't many times at all, if any, that I can really think that the whole spine sort of linked or we played long sides or went half to half and had fullback involved. Like even the way we used Teddy, despite the fact he is a runner, like he got used on drop players or he was dropping guys under yeah. or the amount of setup play. Like I kind of went through a fast forward version today around work. I couldn't watch it in depth, but just our sets are so different. Like we're one out, one out, one out, even our yardage game. On a faster deck, I thought it might play a little bit more width and try to get the space. Like, we were so basic in yardage. And the scary part out of all of it is we still dominated territory. Um, and we had significantly more ball inside half and inside 20 and come up with next to nothing. So even with that being bland and not fixing our attack, well, like we find ourselves in good positions. Yeah. And, like, we can't capitalize. Like, to be honest, and I actually saw this reference all last night, and it's funny how this sort of caught on, but it was like watching the West Tigers inside 20. This year, that's sort of been the thing. Like, lots of offloads, lots of ball movement. I'm like, yep, okay, but what do we do with it? None of it was effective. Yeah. And then, yeah, when we, once we got inside 20, was, you know, 10 days, changes in your spine, that disconnect. I don't blame Robson for most of it. There was no plan for him to play. I don't think it would have been much different whether Cook got his time there because, again, essentially a runner, not much deception, not much... But our, there was no organisation about what we wanted to achieve when we got inside 20. Whereas you watch them every single time, especially tacking off the line inside 10 when you get jammed, their execution, 6, 7, 1, 13, the way they link and the way they play together, they only got 14 play the balls inside 20. They popped us six times. Yeah. Well, I know all of those went inside 20, but like just realistically, in ter- talking of terms of good ball, your best good ball opportunities, they only got 14. We got 44. We come up with one try, which was an offload from a, a line run, and then the first time we sort of dug in with Hudson Young, and it was an offload left behind that Robson scrambled to sort of pick up and get Cook into space. It wasn't exactly a well-constructed try. It was a good effort play off an offload. Yeah, I think, we've, I think we've realistically we've constructed one try this whole series. Mm. That That's the honest truth. And that was that though. similar pass again, Luai, that was different sort of shape. The one but, to Liam Martin in the first yeah. game. That's the only try we've created. That, that try last night wasn't a created try. Nah. Like I said, it was an effort play. The ball got left on the ground well, from the offload. Well, it's just messy. Again, we, they Robson. jammed in and we turned sort of back inside. And mm, There was a man on the ground when Cook got the offload from Robson. Got an offload and away he went, yeah. Um, you know, the other one would have been Crichton off an intercept. So, last, yeah. last, time, last game we scored one off a kick and the other one was the one where Appy picked it up and ran away. Like, it, they weren't constructed. And that's They've the constructed one. one try with a significant possession advantage in both games. Mm. That's disgraceful. At this level. Oh, horrendous. And it screams to, whether Freddie likes it or not, whether Freddie wants to admit it or not, it screams to a lack of execution and a, an attacking plan. Mm. Simple as that. Or, and you can mix in, in with that, the wrong, wrong mix of players. You're asking them to play a style which doesn't suit their playing yeah. style. And I feel as though we've just gone and, you know, got Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo and Appy and Jerome and going, right, let's just play the Penrith style of footy. You boys run the attack. That's what it looks like. I'm not saying that that's what's happened. But it, it doesn't look like, even from game one to game two, okay, what did Queensland do? How do we adapt to it? What are the changes that we're going to make? How do we make adaptations through the players that we need to select? You know, Are we going to go with Nico? What, like, I'd, I'd love to know... What's the reason why we went with Mitchell Moses? Because all, okay, a kicking game. Okay. So how many times last night did he put in a kick where he thought, fuck, we really needed that kick? 
that another half wouldn't have put in. To be fair, he put in a couple of kicks on play one, play two, which were 50-50s. I think one of them came off, one of them, a couple of them didn't. Like, I don't think that his kicking game was that significant of an influence in that game last night. Mm. Uh, yeah, you could just, I could talk for hours on it. And I don't want to, I don't want to shit can Freddie. I hate, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not bagging him as a coach because I, I haven't seen any of their sessions. Just commenting on, on what you see. Yeah, in terms of attack plan. Two games which have been. Interchange plan, like just a couple of things. I, I don't agree the, with his comment though about you can't well, plan. Well, I'm not talking about interchange plan. Well, why not? You can't plan because for if everything. you had well, a plan, you can. If you had a plan, articulate what your plan was and how it went wrong. Because to say that Cook was the best option to go to center, it's wrong. Is ridiculous. The fact that you say you can't cover for every position, you can, you can with a plan, and that's the whole you point. Can. But even because if it was, before the game, there should have been a plan to say, center goes down, what happens? Yeah. Cameron Murray, Ringer goes Hudson down, Young, what happens? Two and three Back goes down, what happens? Yeah. And that's exactly what you do. You picked a hooker to have Not everyone hookers. does, mate. Not everyone does. This is the thing. Like, yeah, I'm not, I know. But, I'm not preaching as though I, I know, because no. I'm not an origin coach's asshole. But we're just, you're but, making the point, same point I'm making. For him to say that is incorrect, because even at club football, or for the most part, most coaches do plan for these scenarios in case it does happen. And when you've got that ilk of player or that quality of player to select from, you should definitely be able to cover. Not to that standard, but you've got the quality of players that can cover multiple positions. So for me, I know uh, today I heard Yo's name thrown up. Like A couple of years ago, I'd probably say that he could probably still defend there. Attack-wise, I don't think it would have done a whole lot for us. But between Hudson Young and Cameron Murray, Hudson Young like at the three spot defending out there, he's young enough, he's mobile, he's got the leg speed. For me, it would have been Hudson or Murray. Yeah. And you plug someone else into the back row or Martin plugs into the back row. Those three are sort of the, the fix there for those two spots. Yeah. And then the fact after they come out and say, oh, well, Murray, we weren't confident because he's grown. Well, that comes back to the same point that we said during the week. If you're carrying three or four that you're not sure are even going to make it through the game, well, you're already fucking up against it, in my opinion. Big time. Like, one thing is, oh, he was cleared fit to play. Yeah, cleared fit to play without knowing if he can play or do his job. If you can't play to the best of his ability and your plan was to guy play a hooker, they're saying, oh, he played... Long time ago, the juniors in centre or wing. Well, he's never played any pathways football in those positions. Never any elite football. He's played hooker the whole way through, and there was a few random years where he looked really good at fullback because of his speed in the lower grades. Yeah. So if he ended up in a spot like that, like a random game like Granville did a few years ago, actually knowing he's played elite level football there and produced, that's a different story. But in that circumstance, we know that wouldn't have happened with the amount of coverage we have ever else. Mm. But you pick two hookers for a reason. I, I think Robson did a hell of a job considering the circumstances, but. If, if that was honestly the plan for centre and you carried Murray with that thought in your mind, well, maybe Murray shouldn't have been on your bench. And if that's also the reason they sat him for 47 minutes and only gave him limited time, well, again, maybe you shouldn't have picked him on your bench because he should have probably, again, had a little bit more involvement or early involvement. Mm. And the Stefano one, similar deal. I thought if they're going to roll with him like they're with Pangai, at least 25, 30, or find a way to rotate him in there, like to give him a token 10 or 12 minutes or whatever it was, that just seemed like a waste as well. Yeah, you haven't really utilised a whole lot and then Payne this time went from one extreme to the other went 47 straight I think a 10 minute spell then played the rest of the game so he comes close to playing 70 minutes this time like just the fluctuation between um, yeah and again I, I thought the rotations were a bit better particularly given them the more minutes I'm, I'm all for that but just a lot of the stuff after the fact about the centre thing this is the reason why he didn't go out there or him. And again, I still think there was other options besides Cook. 
like we just said then, to sort of plug in a few players or sort that out and keep a good middle rotation if that was your worry and have him there. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, some disappointing things, the New South Wales fan or a person, it's just like the ending, like Addo Carr to come over the top and throw that punch, like what the fuck are you thinking? Honestly, that's embarrassing at the end of the game. Yeah, well, and people are like, well, it's embarrassing on their side of things. I'm like, well, I would have done the same thing, pointing at the scoreboard and fucking chirping, because we certainly had nothing to chirp about. And no, the fact that blokes are trying to do that at that point of the game, where were you when the game kicked off? Like, yeah. That's not the time. And Fox walks off, hitting the logo, and smiling. Like, there was nothing funny about that at all. No. Nothing good about that at all. And on top of that, probably more from a funny perspective, but if you're going to throw a punch like that, you might want to fucking actually hit the bloke. Yeah. You had a clean shot. <laughs> you didn't even see him. You still didn't hit him. Um, and then Jerome afterwards, like the smile and kissing at the crowd. Like, again, there's nothing to smile or kiss about. No, you should be bitterly disappointed, just walk off the field and not do any of that. Yeah. And then today, I know the post and a lot of people bring up social media. I, mean, I get all that sort of stuff, but whether that's aimed at trolls or not, like, you just fucking stay off social media. Because all you've done is pour petrol on the fire and bring more hate to yourself. Yeah, correct. And that's that's all of it. You don't need to respond. Shut yeah. your account off if there's that much hate or report it like other people have done. Or call it out like the troll does. Yeah put up clips of what and just say that's wrong. But to put that up, it's been taken in a different context. I know Freddie said after the same deal, I'm not on social media. I think it was in relation to this book. This is the point. You've opened yourself up for that with what you've done when you didn't need to. Yeah, you shouldn't have to justify just, post the fact. Yeah, it's more, just don't put it up. more gasoline <clears throat> on the whole situation. The fact that you've responded probably gives them justification for what they've said. Even though if it, if it was death threats or was stupid shit, they're looking for a reaction. Then they've got it. And, they exactly and then you're sitting up want. against the post with a smile on your face. You know, like, chill, you idiots have to get away. But then it's taken in that context. Now you're having to backtrack on it or defend it or justify it. Like, just don't do it the yeah, first also place. Think you're just completely missing the point. Like, if you were going to go for the 1% or probably less than 1% hmm. that wanted to send a death threat, you've actually pissed off the 99% of the people that support, Would support you. you. Because, like I said, the backtrack afterwards, it was taken <laughs> in the wrong context. I just there. think it says a lot about... It says a lot about the blues culture at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look frustrated. They look without a plan. They didn't represent the jersey well at all. Nope. And yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. Right. Well, if I, I think the other scarier part is a few years ago, like I said, I thought we were heading into a good little period here, like in no way similar to what they had, but in a good period here where I thought we might get a few and have a good consistent core for a while. But slowly, <clears> what's happened in that? And with Slater taking over the last two years, is they've now rolled in some good talent, some good players, and actually got a little bit of backup depth. And I ran through all the ages because I thought they're a pretty young side, bar a few blokes. The average age, if you look at it, almost is 23. Mm. Like the back line, 20, 22, 21, 24. The oldest bloke in the back line was Val at 27. He's still going to be an origin player for multiple years. Yeah, like the halves, I know Munster and Cherry are a bit older, but like Munster at 28, he's going to play origin. He's not relying on speed in his game. Cherry Evans doesn't look like a 34-year-old, the way he's playing. He's yeah. playing with his brain. So similar deal. Like, if that's your house pairing again for another two or three years, give or take, like, the way that Ezra Mann's playing, the way that Tommy Dearden's playing, they're going to have someone else to roll in if they need someone. Yeah. And then you look at the rest of that forward pack. The oldest guy in that forward pack was Lindsay Collins at 27. Jeremiah Nenai is 20 years old. The back row is 23, 24, 25 with the props. Tino, all those guys are 23, 24, 25 years old. So they're all going to be around if they're playing good football again crazy, for another five, six, <clears throat> seven years, like even further if they they maintain that sort of level. Mm. And then Hunt's <clears throat> the other oldest guy there at 34 who's plugged into that utility spot right now. But again, 
he'll play for another year or two, do that role, cover nine, seven, thirteen, etc. Because he's not relying purely on physicality and speed. He's smart. Mm. And then, like I said, Brimson, Sammy, other guys that haven't been involved this year, or other dudes that are informed that can cover multiple positions. So they've sort of moved back into a period here where it's not probably going to be as easy as what we'd hoped it would be. And as we've said also, I think we've dropped probably two series we shouldn't have dropped. Yeah. And then you look on our side, yeah. we thought we were heading to a little bit of a golden period and we got plenty of younger guys as well, but now you've got question over people's commitment or attitude towards Origin, which, which might see a few blokes not picked again. And we've also ignored other guys, unlike what they've done. We've done it time and time again or cut guys too quickly and we make this bed for ourselves with the way the system sort of works. Yeah. Where guys are scarred or don't like, you know, they'll throw someone in game one and just back them and they wonder why they get the results that day. We'll put somebody in, give them 10 minutes, drop them, leave them out for two years, bring them back in, wonder why they play like shit. Yeah. Because that fear's there. There's no trust. No. And, yeah. And that's the biggest, like, the biggest part of setting a good culture is having people come in, give them a vision, tell them about your history, mm. make a connection with them, tell them what they're joining. And then make them feel valued and make a connection with them, make them feel valued. I, that's before you even talk to them about footy. Yeah. And I think I still, like I said, stand by that Freddie does an outstanding job in all the off field, the communities, the part, like all that sort of stuff. But in terms of coaching, if they stick with him, they need to put more around him if he's going to be the figurehead still. But I think the biggest part of that is Freddie needs to identify that. <clears throat> Definitely. Because you don't know what you don't know. Hmm. And I, like, I'm one of the ones that advocated that I think you can go for an NRL coach again. I'd like that to be the case, but for the clubs, I'm sure they don't want that. No, I, I don't. I don't think now you can. So I don't think that will happen. But that that would be my preference. But then on the flip side of it, like what's available? That's a big question. I've been asked a lot. Time. I don't know. If you weren't going that route, who would you go with? I don't know. Yeah. People are throwing up Des, who's obviously got the Titans job. And we'll talk about that later. Like I wouldn't have got him. Tuvi. Some of the names have been thrown up. I, I'm. I went no. Angry Jeff. And that's sort of where I'm at. And even Laurie Daly was floated again. I was like, definitely not going back to that. So it's hard if you're taking it outside an NRL pool, that's for sure. But in terms of having an NRL assistant or someone going back in, like Billy Slater, very smartly having someone like Hanno, who's been an interim twice and now a long-term assistant. This is the point, yeah. Like, and then the guys around him are also very more recently retired or part of the way football's played right now, whereas some of the guys that are ex-players in sort of the New South Wales mix haven't been in club land recently as coaches or players. No. They're all... Paul McGregor's the most recent and he's been out of it for years. He's been sacked, yeah, about three or four years ago. So, yeah, in terms of that sort of thing, I I don't want to comment on coaching setup and staff, like where they go. I thought he handled himself pretty well, Freddie. Again, press conference and after the game, but that'll be the big question, I guess, after game three what they do or where they go from here. Uh, on the the Queensland side of things, you couldn't be more impressed with listening to Billy Slater yeah, and the way he spoke and what he's doing. And Ben Oaken already said that they didn't really care about the result. They were trying to make a decent offer. I think, again, right now, they're, uh, they're going to be scrambling even harder to make sure. I don't think they're going to have to work that hard because I think with the balance of being the Queensland coach, being on TV, the horse stables, the life he's living right now, I don't think he's going to be rushing into the club land. I'd love to think that he'd be the long-term coach of the Melbourne Storm, but with the life he's living right now, what would you? Yeah. Unless that's the only thing you want to do. But while you're young, you've got young kids, you've played for such a long time and given a lot of that up, I can easily see him doing this for at least, you know, another three, five or however many long years until he sort of hits that point where maybe his kids are 
late teens or, you know, heading to that sort of back end and you'd look at something and go, all right, I've done all these sort of things. Like, do I want to commit to NRL land? Yeah. Like, I'd love to think that we'd have somebody of that ilk and from that sort of legacy from a club like the Storm be the long-term coach after someone like a Bellamy, but I don't know if that ever will happen. But for them right now and what they've got and the way things look to be after only two series, I'd be extremely happy if I was a Queensland fan. <clears throat> Massively. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the New South Wales side of the fence coaching was, I don't know. I don't know if we want to really run through the game as succinctly as last. Like, I, I think if you want to look at those two tries, like to address what probably a lot of rage from a lot of people, I'd look at both again today. The Fafita one for me is definitely forward. But the first one I watched on replay today after last mm. night looked a bit closer under the rule of the two camera angles I saw. I, I find it very hard on an overturn for the no try, but then looking at two different angles again and zooming, I could sort of see why it was given under the new interpretations. Yeah. So I'm probably all right with the first one. The second one, to me, is blatantly forward. Yeah. But again, I can't look at that and people still carry on today and go, that co- it did not cost us the game. You cannot have the amount of ball, possession, territory, dominance, and opportunities that we did, as well as the gluts and the amount of fatigue we put in them. And the sad part on the back of that is every time we did that, they found a way out instantly under fatigue. We just yeah. let them off the hook. Pat Carrigan's line break and off like, like the, the scrap and track kick. There was, there was multiple sort of moments like that where any time we looked like we had them under that, we'd either give away a penalty, make a mistake, or sort of flip the field instantly. And they just come after us. Yeah, And it, that was more disappointing that we couldn't capitalize on the back of that or keep them pinned down. And for them, <clears throat> ultimate respect to them as a team and especially their halves, that no matter how long they were pinned in their own half, barely making meters, held back, <clears throat> or seen fatigue or under pressure, they just made their way through their sets, found grass, kicked, controlled, and waited again for us to give away They just held opportunity. their nerve. Whenever they were under error. pressure, they yeah. held their nerve. Like I said, only 14 tackles inside 20. And I think in, inside our actual half, we had, I think, double or more the amount again, much like we did inside 20, and they popped to six times. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, if you have 44 inside 20s in particular, and the only try you come up with is basically a loose ball on the ground from an offload... That's pretty sad. Very sad. And friend. then those effort plays we talk about, and we sat there last night, like Munster cleans up a kick, <clears> Tino <throat> gets there to clean up a kick contest, the try-saving tackles again, whether it be Tulagi's one, Xavier come up with a good one, DC's try-save, and that photo where there's eight or nine jerseys viable in the picture. The only one near Crichton was Toto. And then on the ensuing play of the ball, there was only two up near the ball, probably th- four or five New South Welshmen that were viable for that play. They had nine ready to go and two that were very close to being reset. Yeah. So even if we wanted to capitalise on that, we fucking couldn't. Like that sort of stuff. The only guy who can really cover himself in glory, in my opinion, is Payne Hart. Man, that guy is ridiculous. Yeah. That kick that bounced cruel on him, but like, why is he the only one in the picture? There was a couple of seven tackle set kicks or cover kicks. He's the one there through. Kick chases, he's there on his own. Like, he's a freak. Absolutely. He's an absolute yeah. freak, that man. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy come up with two really good try saves, but other than that, like his game was pretty so-so. I thought his runs don't have the same energy or burst. That he, like one of his better runs. But was, also, I don't think we're creating as much for No, him. we're not. We're certainly not busting up or have the attacking structure that makes space for his style of play. No. And that was one of the big question marks the other night is, can this spine work together? And I think at all, it was completely disjointed. Everyone sort of did a little bit <laughs> of their own thing. Yeah, um, but it certainly wasn't together like theirs. And like I said, the real highlight of how together they were is the Tino play the ball, far post, nine, six, seven, quality leads, good ball hold up. Walsh both times comes up with two different types of passes, but 
they executed. They linked together. They played together. 100%. If they wanted to split the field and play half to from uh, you know half to half, or if they wanted to play together with half fullback lock, Carrigan run first. You obviously saw that from the line break offload, and then he was involved in one of the tries. Like they just got it. Yeah, they got <clears> it in every <throat> single facet. Like you could really run through this, and know people are like, so oh, I can't wait to hear this. I, there's no real point in breaking it all down because at the end of the day. Like to go through the moments, like you, you, we we couldn't have had more opportunity, but it's more that point again, like just sequencing or looking at a set. The amount of times I wrote down here and went through it, one out, one out, like long yeah, hit a lead, to a short, hit a lead, long one out, one out, long to a short. And how many times is play. Yo handling the ball? Mm. And then mm. I looked at theirs, and I've got like two pass for a middle, swap back to the negative side, and test out a half forwards like linking and then it's like a shift play involving all spine members like they're actually getting multiple shots in a set they've got a plan on the back of a play of the ball they're using the footy they're moving around they're breaking down the ruck when they're coming out of yardage they're doing a little bit more than what we are as well they are two passing or they get yeah, the cross how many like, times did you see Pat Carrigan hand- servicing the halves Queensland only limited he was run first barely ever mm. <clears throat> barely ever and because he does because his mentality is run first the defenders are always thinking he's running, mm. which actually creates more deception than what it does with Yo. Because whenever Yo gets the ball, you think it pass you pretty think much pass, and they jam which him means, every time. And the service is slow, which means that that middle defence isn't really getting fatigued because as soon as he gets the ball, you can be not passive on him, but they're really aggressive from the inside because they want to pressure that pass, which gives the outside time to come and jam. I. I I just can't believe that we didn't we didn't adjust that element. I, it's actually astonishing mm. to me. I, when you're talking about how the team was reshuffled, it astonishes me that you would take Damian Cook out of his chosen position when you could have just moved the back rower one yeah. place out. And they literally... A back rower one place out. They you work had on two back rowers on the bench. And Hudson Young has got... that you played as two back rowers. Hudson Young's got very good hands too. I would have just put Liam Martin to the edge... Move Hudson Young out. Yeah, if you were concerned about Cam Murray and left Murray for the minutes in the middle. Left the two absolute ball breakers together, yeah. Martin and, Murray. and no Hudson. Oh, Martin, yeah, okay. Fuck me, you're not running over that side of the field. You're going to get whacked with a baseball bat. Mm. But instead, they left a glaring target in Cook. Like, And I, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him as well. I thought it was disgusting, the fact that we asked him to play there. Like the, t- the couple of tap-ons, Lewis. If they asked him, him to play there till the 20th minute or whatever the plan was with Robson or the 30th minute, I, would, I could have lived with it. Yeah, because it's I an I could have lived with it. But. Yeah, made no sense. Go and have a look at how many of the tries were on that edge. Yeah, and all the opportunities. Two of them were just from kicks in his vicinity where Queensland scored. Well, they knew what they were doing. They will kick and put it on his was, head to make him contest. It wasn't for the back row. It wasn't for just, the winger. It's amateur. Like Fox took him out on one of them when he was trying to run interference and ends up landing for there for Nanai. Um, another time he tried to run interference himself because he's not usually out there. He had one sort of good moment where he got around Holmes, but there was a good cover tackle. But other than that, like they're talking about the tap ons or the missed opportunities. Like he plays nine. He's not out there working on that catch pass skill, that transition sweep the bench pass that your centers and your back rows do. Like Hudson Young has that pretty. You've seen him some time. We're talking camera. about origin here. Yeah. We're not even talking about specialists the or guys We're talking that are about at least origin. near that position. Nine has not even come close to playing centre. And again, not a recent conversion. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't believe. Never it. in an elite mm. level like they talked about. Basically, junior football. Like, guess what? I played six in junior football. I certainly didn't fucking play six when I played junior reps or got higher up. Never. 
it's very different to playing as a middle or an edge back row or something else and then going, oh, yeah, I can play six at 20s or cub. It's like, no, nah, when did you play six? I played six when I was 12 and the biggest kid on the field. So oh, he played wing when he was in the juniors. I'm like, yeah. I have no words. He's man. played nine the whole way through the pathways and a little bit of fullback because he's quick. Center is very different. And you're also critical in defensive decisions. Hmm. Like there was one there where he probably jumped in a little bit in front of Luai, got the pocket, and Fox sort of followed, but probably didn't need to. But it's not his fault because he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. But overall, I think it's very similar to last time. We we still, to me, line speed, effort, attitude-wise, look more like a club team just doing a job compared to them. Yeah. We may have what people consider better individuals all over. We're not a better team. They're a better team. Hmm. Nope. And when I read those ages, like I said... I that, said that before game one. That should scare everyone. Like, I don't want to be that person. And that's the thing. I'm very careful. I don't want to get here and say, I told you so. I said this, no, I said that. not that. But I, I thought on paper before game one, they were the better team. Mm. And the In other, key positions. The other In thing is also, like I sort of said before... Like and if, look, the whole Matty Johns feud. Listen to what Matty Johns said. They know how they're going to play. And Whether he was baiting his brother or not, he wasn't fucking lying. Well, do, you know, do we know how we want to play? And Joey said, of course we do. And he's like, well, we'll see. And he goes, we will see. Well, guess what? We did see. We did see. Yeah, the field doesn't lie. And again, we talk about combos and you go, well, they don't have combos. It's like, okay, well, Munster and Harry play together. But in terms of those key spine players, none of those three. But you know why they have six, combos? Six one play together. Because to a degree, they pick and stick. Hmm. But they had a cl- like I said, they obviously, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. But I don't even know where to start with them. Like, Collins gets the man of the match. He had a couple of really good clean-up <laughs> moments, forced an error. I think he only had 10 carries for, like, 133 metres. So he was huge. But Yeah, like you said last night, he had big moments. He had big moments. But you, you go around them as a whole. Like, I thought Cherry Evans kicked very, very well off the back foot. The chase down play, the line break support. thought Munster, I'm watching it quickly again. Like, lots of touches. Not so much big moments for him. But 20 runs, was very effective with the footy. I was more actually impressed, even with their halves. Their halves helped out in yardage. Yeah. Terry Evans and Munster jumping in dummy half just fucking taking carries off the back foot like they just they just get it yeah they really do yeah um, Hammer again two games at centres and like his confidence this year as part of you know making that move being under Wayne Bennett and then the confidence that Slade has given him and picking there he was outstanding again I thought the few defensive decisions he made were good with the ball he was sharp like every time he touches the ball we're, we're in trouble foul Always good at this level. To Alagi, try savers again, good finish. Coates for Melbourne, I was iffy on that one. Carried well. Caught one opportunity to finish, comes up with a finish. Like, as a whole, you just look at that's the thing. I'm talking about them as a whole, like, not individuals so much. Like, they all put in that their pack, Hunter as a group. I thought, again, people trying to go after Tino, and then we didn't do a job on him after talking shit again about, oh, we need to go after him. Cotter. Thought he got a suspect knock in the first five minutes, but the guy goes 80, works his ass off again. Like you just wax fucking lyrical about their team as yeah, a whole. That one didn't surprise me moving Cotter to the back row to start. Nah. And getting Nenai in the way they did. Nenai's first touch almost led to bloody points as well. One on one with Cook, like we said, that defensive went into position. The middle and then they brought a middle off. Yep. Smart. And that's how you do that to steal a change like we're talking about. Um, for us, like I said, I thought Haas was the probably the clear standout. I thought Robson was good. Considering the circumstances he was facing, yeah, um, I, yeah, I thought he was good. Apart from, yeah, yeah well, just again, that's fine as a whole in the organization. Like he's probably fucking lost half the time there, just going, all right, no one's calling for it. We don't have anything going on. Yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah, I don't think he was doing that on purpose. He just needed one to, of those situations. He needs to take some accountability. The ball's got to go. 
Um, you know, I thought Hudson tried to get things going a little bit again with the niggle and the fire, but um, in terms I of... I thought like, Haas was the absolute clear standout. Oh, he and was. Yeah, Martin and Martin and Murray Young, come on and made a little bit of an impact, but again, minutes and use. The fact that Murray sits on the bench for 50 minutes or Well, again, we said it before. If, if he was injured or they were worried about him that for centre cover, him. don't fucking pick him. Play Kalal Matungi or pick somebody else. Like, get somebody in. RCG as a middle... Like, somebody that you know you can use. Showed that he didn't trust... And same with Steph. He's like, oh, we picked what, him. So, okay, 13 you, minutes? You gave him fucking 12 minutes, mate. Look. Yeah. So you, yeah. you pick 17 players and you don't trust the 17 that you picked. Mm. And again, like I said, 44 to 14 inside 20, one penalties, one possession, one territory. We had a 10-3 penalty count up in Queensland. I can't believe that. And I'm watching it again. Fucking hell, we, we got away with a few. Yeah, of course. We hit them twice in the air. Yeah, we did. We had a push play where Martin were one of the ones where we scrambled on last play. I'm like, there's three or four clear penalties there that they didn't get. They didn't even get close to winning the penalty count. Yeah. So I don't know what else could have gone in our favour or given us opportunities. There was a couple of six again touches to give us extra opportunities and back-to-back sets, and we just <laughs> did nothing. Yeah. So uh, the other question from a lot of people is, what do we do for game three? Who do you drop? Who do you clean out? I don't, I don't think now's the time to really get into that. I do. Okay. I do. I think the series is lost. Yeah, the New South Wales Rugby League should make a decision about whether Freddie's going to continue next year. Because I think if he stays, if he's he'll not, keep. If he's Teddy. continuing, then you need to back him and let him let do him what he's doing, wants. right? But if he's not, and you're going to move him on, I'd approach him and say a couple of options here. Like the first, the first part of it would be you're free to coach, but we're picking the team. Yeah, because you know A B C D E, we want these things change and we want these guys in with a, with a mind to this is the future mm. you know if they if they know who they want to get in like I feel like why couldn't you just do a dry run now like well there's one there's one that has to happen I just to me, feel like regardless we're wasting a game that's a dead rubber mm doing the same shit we've done for the last two years which hasn't worked hasn't worked so yeah, I, I, I think the the part of this that just won't work is that they're not going to know who they're going to who they're going to employ well, but from, from the back of that also from a dead rubber I've seen a lot today people going we'll pick Cook we'll pick Reynolds I'm like no you don't pick any of those blokes that's the, uh, that's going against the whole point of whether you're going to get fresh blood in there for game yeah, three correct. you're not picking 33 year old halfbacks no if you're going to go someone like, like someone like Tedesco do you give him a send off in New South Wales? Has he earned that? That's the thing. Like, and that's where I, that's the only one I sort of looked at again, yeah. and I've sort of been adamant that the whole way. I don't think he's playing great, but you know, you need to make a decision on. Mm. Like, I don't think it's Freddie's decision on drone. It's going to be the next coach's decision on drone. I've got another tough one for you though, as well. Though, yeah, I know it's a dead rubber, and they say players never should give up rep jerseys. But if you think that the clubs and other people might not throw a few injuries or niggles in there to, to stop my, a few guys going, my in mindset: there, we shouldn't play dead rubbers. Yeah, like, but money wise, the you know TV why. deal and all that, yeah. like you're never not going to play. If you're South, and I they think go, we've gone to the point now where Latrell's healthy. We, don't we, want, we want Latrell. If you're South, you're yeah. like fuck. <laughs> well, we want Campbell Graham for this game. It's like we well, didn't want him for the first two. And Colin Matungi, like and this is that that question we had last week about origin season and interruption. The way that I do it is I go to the Gus Gould model. If you if you want to play, go, send it to a best of five, and then essentially you don't play dead rubbers. Because you're you're already going to you're guaranteed to get three games because it mm. takes teams three games got to, to wrap three. up a best of five. 
issue there is also where, where you're going to fit it in. Goes for longer scheduling, yeah. more potential for injury, more impact on the club competition. Yeah. But I just All looked at stuff. today and thought, like, if Cleary is available, if you're Penrith, you're not, you don't want him playing game three. And is five too many, too many games? Mm. Like, like I know, I don't think you could ever have you know too many Origin games. Like I, I love State of Origin. See, it's Penrith, even bloody Mitchell Moses. I'm sure he wants another Origin jersey. But if he's there and Nathan's not available, they pick him for game three. If you're Parramatta and you're trying to make a run, yeah, and you know now it's a dead rubber. I'm like, fuck, I don't really. I feel like him. someone like him though, he can. He wants that jersey. Yeah, he could get that jersey for next year. Yeah. Or a jersey. So, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be running. I wouldn't be running with Lua. I'd be picking Hines and Moses. That's probably where I'd go. For I'd go similar. Young, those positions, next man up, sort of in that running, without Cleary, without Lua in the picture. Yeah. You pass the Reynolds Cody sort of thing at this point. If the series is over, and it's a dead rubber. You're not picking thirty-three year old and thirty-two year old halves. Mm. Same as Cook. I'd go with Robson again. Yeah. I'd go with um, Robson, and yeah. just go him for eighty. I'd go with Cook again. I'd, I'd pick. On the bench? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're missing Latrell, I'd probably roll Burton into the centres. If Campbell Graham... Again, you need to think, next year, are they going to pick just Robson hmm. next year? Probably not. Well, you don't know. No, RP probably will be, be back in the mix as well, though. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So I'd have that safety net there. Um, I think RP's maybe a year or two younger than Cook. I'm pretty sure Cook's my age. So he'd be 33, he'd be 34 next year. I think RP's two yeah. years younger than me. Um, yeah, even the backs. Like I looked at with our wing and centre options. Like I'd probably have Campbell Graham if they were available. Campbell Graham gone. I don't, uh, in, into the centres. I'd move Crichton to the wing, and I'd probably move Burton into the other centre spot if we were short of options for the game. I don't care, because if Latrell's not available, play Burton in the centres. Yeah, but if Latrell's not available, I'd play Burton um, in the halves. I could oh, live I'd, with Burton. I'd play Nico Moses. But then there, even your props, like someone like a Campbell Gillard has been burned a couple of times. I'm sure he wants a jersey, but for a dead rubber, like it's just left a lot of questions. It's the thing, yeah. And we want it because of the TV and yada, but yeah. really is it the same? But for the clubs it's, and for the players and what it the is The players now. can say it's the same. It's not the same. No. And for the clubs especially, they're the ones who are affected. Queensland won't be playing. Well, probably to be fair, Queensland will be probably not playing harder than the Blues, but they've probably got more incentive to they win than sweep. what the Blues do because they want to sweep. Mm. Yeah. And in Sydney. The Blues, I guess the motivation is to prevent it and the mm. fact that they're at home. And you hope that's the case, but if it's a full clean-out, there's a couple of guys there that you don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and then again, like buying into what this series is, like, it's, it's yeah, it's a very, very hard situation. But Like, for me, I'd, I'd be happy to fold it up and go back to club land. Mm. It's, but, it's been one and done. I thought that was another interesting sort of situation because most people go, you take any rep jersey and I completely agree with you. But the way but things I mean, are like, these days... But I mean, look at the turbo incident. Like, if that happened in well, a dead how do, rubber... How do you think Manly feel? Yeah, but if that happened in a dead rubber, how do you think mm. they'd feel? Because I heard today someone ring up and go, they get dispensation anyway. I'm like, you can't buy... To do what? You can't buy someone of that ilk. That's right. Or anyone, regardless of the dispensation at this point in time anyway. Like, that money... And you got eight days to do it. That money means fuck all for them. Yeah. Means but it's also another. It also poses that question brought up at the start of the year for the four or five year deal they gave him the amount of games he's played right now. Manly's got some interesting questions again moving forward. I think last year's the last year of that deal. So for them to look at the track record he's had in the past five seasons, yeah. like, it's just another blow for him. And that's probably another thing I didn't even prep at the start. We barely mentioned it because we're you know down the result. I've heard a few people going that would have made it. if he plays. I still think it makes no fucking difference. Yeah, it makes a difference. Well, I still think we get beat the way we were. It makes a huge difference. But, but that's my opinion. You don't have Cook there and you, we just acknowledge how much of an impact that had. 
yeah, I still think defensively it's uh, yeah. He obviously does a better job, but I, his form and the way he was this year, the few games that have been highlighted, I, I still think they were far and away the better team. And I, still yeah, think, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that, but we're never you're never really going to know. No, so I know that's probably not as in depth as usual. We're hitting moments well, and this, that, and the for? other. Oh, we've more we've addressed mo- like things more externally and moments and players etc. But we haven't gone. One eight, like I don't really think there's a point. Like you just see these gluts of possession, like I said, and these swing moments, and any opportunity they got, they backed it. Yeah. And the first two, like I said, as, as much as people were disappointed with it, looking back at today, I can cop the first one. I definitely can't cop the second one, but all those things went in our favour, and we didn't even come close to striking a match. Yeah. So I don't know what else you can say unless you just completely got your head up your ass. Up here. That's the reasons why we got beat. Hmm. So it will be interesting, especially the way the points work now. Mm. Uh, the man of the series. Collins, man of the match. Cotter, man of the match. The way that voting system works, I'll be very interested to see who comes out with a medal after game three. Because generally by now, it's always half a spine player or like a back like a big type player. Yeah. And the way that point system worked after the other year, to throw up Cotter, and I think Cotter probably would have been in maybe considered for some points again as well. Like, I think Walsh's probably been pretty good in both the games. I don't know if he polled, but the way the voting works for that overall, um, and the two men in the match we've had so far, it's, it's a bit of a curly one. Yeah. Don't know how we get the Wally Lewis medal. But... No, I... Yeah. No idea, man. Mm. No idea, man. But a lot of questions that will only be answered in time. Whether he's the coach, if he is staff around... Are a couple of guys' cards marked now? Like, is that the end of Addo Car? Is that Luai's last sort of chance unless somebody comes in again and buys right into the Penrith thing and his form is irresistible? Um, like we said, Rob Robson's obviously there and got his nose in the picture. Two hookers again next year. Is it Arpia? Is it Cook? Is Robson pretty much certain in there? Like I said, those two guys for the halves, they pick the guys that they think they're next two most likely to play next to Nathan. Yeah. If that's the case, if that's Moses and Nico, does Teddy get a swan song? Or do they broom the joint? Mm, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Heaps. And it's not great. Well, again, we looked at us a few years ago and we thought similar deal. We had a lot of guys mid-20s that were going to be around for a while. Um, and a few of them haven't panned out quite how you'd hoped. No, ain't that the truth. So, and like I said on the back of it, when you sit there and go, okay, I think there's still some positives, but as to when they play, how the next coach is, what they look at in terms of a team, you know, Edwards's form, the Trebojevic's, your Burton's, your Stags, you know, there's a Crichton who's still very young, get back to the sort of form that he had, Kalama Tungi, like that, Regan Campbell-Gale, like the guys that are out there, Campbell Grahams, the trail to be available. There's still a lot of good players available. Yeah. But right coach, right setup, and something built moving forward, like Queensland have, where I ran through those ages, and that core of the team, or 10-plus of those players, are going to be there for the next five years. Mm. And then on the outside looking in, there's still very good form in other guys that missed out. And you've got to think that Gilbo, Gilbert also got injured and missed that game, who's very young. Arrow will be back into the mix at some point. You know, Outside backs that they're playing, Sewer's form this year, Horsburgh's form this year, Mo who come in with his form, Ponga and the way he's played the last few weeks back at one and after Billy's had a chat to him. Brimson playing that way he did last week. Oates. Um. Yeah, 
there's still options there for them in multiple positions and guys coming through. And then you look at the halves that we talked about. Din was in their game three last year and got the job done. So, mm. and Harry Grant, very young. I know there's not much backup behind him. They've got Hunt there for the time being right now, but as long as he's healthy and good to go, they don't need any backup. No, I don't. And Marnie's form's sort of been mixed, but the way the Bulldogs are going right now, but yeah, overall, in most positions, they're pretty well settled and they've got good cover. Yeah. So they're sort of in a really, really good spot and we, we need to get back to that. But I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing, but we'll move on from that one. And we're about to say, hot moment from Sinclair, Hyundo Penrith. Toby and the crew there, corner of Bat Street, New York Road. Get in and see if you can get yourself a great deal from Tobias and his team today. And his team? Holbrook. Sacked. Yeah. And the timing and nothing said about it and then just all the news that sort of come following it is just crazy. Um, I'm sitting there listening to the radio and someone's talking about him coaching up at the Titans and I've already I've missed the announcement initially when I've turned it on. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. That's insanity. And then I opened my phone up two seconds later because I got a message from my mates going, Holbrook just got sacked. And Mal Meninga's there, literally on that radio station I'm listening to going, I had no clue about it, but I'm envisaging right now what that means for me, um, that I, my future's probably not there as well. And that he's surprised and that the players like Justin and mid-season, is it the right idea? And they're off a win and they've had some injuries and they're still in the mix. Like, And then Holbrook's comment's pretty much, much the same. He got a phone call this morning Ask him if he had time to chat. They brought him in. It wasn't a negotiation or a discussion. His words, he was gone. And he pretty much said similar. He's pissed off. He felt like he was blindsided. He didn't see it coming. He didn't have a chance to really correct it, turn around, given, you know, the old, you've got three games or this, that, and the other. And um, After the time they invested in him, I think it's piss poor timing. If they were going to quit on him, similar deal, I thought they probably should have done it before the season. But still has another year to run on top of it as well. So on top of that, they've got to come up with a nice severance package and they wouldn't have got Hasler for cheap either. The thing that worries me the most about Dez, a lot of people are going, great coach, one comps, this, that, and the other. His last few stops haven't been good. His roster construction hasn't been good. I hope he's got nothing to do with the salary cap. And the big focus for the Titans, which wasn't a focus when they got there, but has been really good lately, is your junior development. He's yeah. pushed a lot of guys through. They've got a lot of guys coming through in the pathways, a lot of boys that have hit those landmarks of playing Queensland, New South Wales, Australian school boys and, and getting in there, his track record also the last two stops has been awful with juniors and development and focusing pathways. Mm. And that's something they need to stay with. And then my other question is staff. He's brought the same staff and transported him the last few stops and some of them I think are a bit past where the game is heading and where things are at this point in time. Um... And then there was questions about their rehabbing and their treatment and the way things were handled at the back end of the time there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, I think this raised a lot of questions. And then for them, for the Frizzells, who are very trusting people, very personable, 
like to bring things in. He's a guy who generally pushes away the people of the club and takes ownership of things like it's his. So I'm also interested to see how that's going in 18 months' time. And then another question I have, they don't need to talk longer about Tino, the club, the happiness, the whole situation, and like how he coaches, his style, recruitment, where it goes from here. Players like him have a mutual option coming up. So if things aren't rosy in the next 12 months and things are poor or they don't enjoy there, he's in a position where he can opt out. Most other guys are tied up. Brimson, these guys, all that. But in the next year or so, Moeaki's off. Tino's got options. If they're the couple of guys aren't happy with what's going on or where things are heading, it could be very interesting. Yeah. And then just, he loves a veteran. So I'm sure with foreign that he's very, very happy. But I'm interested to see what he does with these kids and then the moves he makes afterwards. As you reach for a couple of manly guys. But uh, yeah, I, this really surprised me about the timing of it in particular. I don't think Hasler was a hot commodity. I don't think anyone was after him immediately. I don't think they need to do this. And I think essentially like the Dragons, they just fireballed their season. Yeah. Uh, I'm done with it, man. I've, I've had enough of it. Uh, Mel Meninga's done very little. Sits on TV and wants to happy clap, which is cool. But, you know, he's got a... He had a big role to play in... Justin Holbrook being appointed as a coach. You got other guys like Gordon Talliser on TV as well. Talk about that they're an ambassador for the club, but he openly admitted, you know, a few times on TV that, oh, you know, I'm not there as often as I should be. And, you know, I've let the club down as well. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people taking a paycheck out of the joint that aren't really helping the joint. Um, yeah, Holbrook can certainly coach. Yeah, I could. I could see improvement in in the team. The biggest issue has been defense, but I said that when he got appointed, and I've said that for coach on coach on coach at the Titans that they um, defense is their is their issue. And what's their culture? What do, what do they stand for? Like I, I don't I don't really know know what that is. Who are they? Where are they going? What's their plan? Because it just seems. Yeah, at the moment to be a revolving door and they just subcontract out, you know, someone else's culture. Justin, come in. We're, we're all about you now, Justin. And then Garth Brennan, we're all about you, Garth. Mm. You know, John Cartwright. We probably had our best culture was when John Cartwright was there. Yeah, and you had some good veterans and a good starting yeah. point. And yeah. That obviously so fell over once Absolutely backwards since then. Neil Henry, I think, had it ticking in the right direction. Yeah, well, the Hayne, and then they went. I blew up. They went and time. said, "Jared Hayne, we don't care what we you can, want. We can do with Jared Hayne selling jerseys yeah. and this. Yeah, they made, a, more they made a business than decision. What than a team they were decision. trying to build as a football and team, and they ruined so. what he put in place. So yeah, right. I'm not a huge fan, like supporter, supporter now, obviously, because I work for you work for different clubs, and but mate, yeah, I I won't be, I won't be renewing my membership at the Titans. Mm. Oh, I'm just yeah, I'm very interested, and it's just more the timing of it for me. Like, is it just who, who was going to? They're directionless. I haven't seen the press conference from the CEO, but no. Nah, but who was going to take him away from you right now? Even now, like I don't understand why this has happened now. That's what I let him let him still finish the season. You can still be doing what you're doing with Des Hasler behind closed doors. That's, there's no problem with that. And, and you the guys... only way that I would have done it today is if Des is coming in tomorrow. And that's the other thing. Well, I read today. I'm like, okay, he must be coming in. They're going, no, he's not coming to 2024. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? 
we're running ninth, that's what I'm saying. Think, on you're the basically like, just, I'm not saying we're going to play finals. That's you, you're the only, at least in the show. You're the only team who's had three buys, so you got the most games left. Yeah. So you've got eleven games left. Hmm. And you know, there's been some injuries. Yes, there's been some changes in the spine, but getting through this period and where things are going, sort out like you said, a couple of those second halves. They should be probably better off where they are, but they're not in the mix. They're not running last. They got plenty of good about them. Yeah. Um, they made some positive moves. They blooded a couple of good guys. So it was just, it all really caught me by surprise. This is a move that could have easily been made in a month, six weeks' time without any queries and still had him available, in my opinion, when the season looked like it was done. And look, you're certain yeah. about what you wanted to do and maybe you've made some inquiries behind the scenes, but there's no way I would have fucking pulled it off now. Unless there's more details to come. And that's what I'm interested to hear. But even from the male side of things, because he's around it, was that, you know, from players and the club and this, that, and the other. But is he around it? I think he well his role is a lot more hands. Does he on live on the Gold Coast? Gordy's. Does he live on the Gold? I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he does. I think he obviously lives up that way, and he's he's an advisor or a consultant or this that and the other. He's got more hands. He's the head of culture and fucking whatever else it was. I don't know. And that's the thing. Like I don't, I know he's the Australian coach. Like I respect him as a coach. I respect him as yeah, what he's done in the game. And player and what I'm saying is like what People impact in your club? Like you said, what impact have they had on the club? But what impact does Gordon Tallis had on the club? Borrowed culture, like you're saying. They're going to have another sweeping change here because anyone who's been involved, like a Brett White's not guaranteed now, Lenahan's not guaranteed, staff, Mal, anyone that's there right now with someone like a Des usually comes through with a complete sweep. Yeah, but again, the club yeah. the club should protect themselves from that. Yeah, but they the club should They'll say, hand over control. This is the direction we're heading and you get the coach jumps onto that train. Mm, and that's what I'm worried about. This it, is the point. my point about subcontracting. Not just saying, we're a club... Come in and tell us what your culture is and we'll yeah. just do that. And this is my issue. He loves control. He wants a finger in everything and he's generally quite brute about it. And that's why things ended the way they did. So I look at this and go, this could be an absolute fucking car wreck in two years and some big issues. Or maybe, you know, if he can turn around the defense, because that's been the big issue with some of the attacking players and that, but all, even like a Ben Hunt right now. Is this as attractive to Ben Hunt if that was a real option? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I have no idea, man. But yeah, plenty of people were jumping up and down about it today. I just sort of looked at it and thought, well, I don't know if it's a decision I would have made immediately. Um, and yeah, I don't think it was necessary immediately. I think it's something you could easily have done four, six weeks down the track if your season was over. You are mathematically out of the mix and you decided you needed to change with a year left. Mm. Or at least give him the heads up that, hey, if this, things don't turn around in this sort of time period, you're out. But they've tried to slide it in there after the result today as well. I was like, okay, they've done the whole, got it in there, kept it under wraps, landed him. But the whole plan afterwards is what really got me. I'm like, okay, three years, but he's not coming now with half a season left. And then that's the case again. Like if he does sweep the staff out, so what are you doing the next six months or four months? He's wasting time. White, Lenahan, who you've got, and then potentially none of them there next year. Don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting. But I'd love to know what the plan is. Like I said, there's a lot to come. There's a lot to happen. Like I said, it could be a resounding success or it could be something completely different. But I, I thought it was a weird marriage, this one. But <coughs> Des, you can get those press conferences. They're back. No more. He's got another gig. I wonder if he's had a haircut. Don't know. No more. <laughs> no more? No more. Join the dark side, mate. I'm done. Come to the store. No. <laughs> I won't be going for an hour. I won't be renewing my membership. That's it. I'm done. All right.
Well, some other news before we get into these games and sort of wrap things up. Uh, a couple of re-signings happened this week. The Eels made plenty of moves. Dejan Arce, one-year extension. Bailey Simonson, one-year extension. I think good moves. Hodgson, one-year extension is the one that really caught my eye. He had an option. Mutual option. I think surely they both denied the option and redid a deal because there's no way you're giving him the money that they had him for on that option. So I think they might have said, we're keen to keep you, but we're not agreeing to that option. Let's negotiate. Mm. They've talked, they like him. He's great around the group. Good development for Brendan Hansoff. It's all that, and it's on a decent deal. I can understand it. But if they've activated that option in full and that was agreed to, I think they're fucking insane because it was about 700000 bucks. So I don't think that would be the case. And Matt Dury, a two-year extension. Out of all the extensions, that one surprised me, mm. that he got a two-year extension compared to the others and that they'd sign him before they extend someone like Cartwright with the way he's been playing. So that one interested me. Uh, There's uh, a little bit of the, what's going on at Parramatta that's a little bit confusing at the moment. Mm. Mm. Josh Kerr, no surprise, immediately released to join the Dolphins, and it looks like he'll be playing this week. Another one of Wayne's lads that he had. So Dragons get him. If they can get him on the field playing, good. he's, he's, he's well, an NRL player. Yeah. Wayne can do a job. Uh, Sony, two-year extension with the Panthers, yeah, and Sorensen, a three-year extension. So huge news for They're worried about Sorensen leaving, but clearly they've come up maybe a back-ended deal or... Good enough money over three years or an extra year or something yeah. for him to look at his situation and think, I just want to keep playing in a good football team rather than go chase money. Good football so team. So I think that's a win for them. And the last one I thought was a great signing was Avarillo going to the Dolphins. Three-year yeah. deal. You look at their situation in yeah. a 12-month upgrade. You've got Aiken, who's probably more of a back row than he is a centre at this point in time and a good top 30 player, and Branko Lee, who's punched overs for them with what he's done by his injury. And Val Tavara, who's still a developing player, next year they're going to have Herbie and Avarillo. That's a hell of an upgrade in your centres. Yeah. And for nice. the Do- for the Dogs fans, I understand their anger. A lot of people smashed Gus again on Twitter. And he's saying about, you know, good for him, good deal for him. He's all the sort of positive swamp that goes around it. But that's not a priority with our recruitment and our salary cap at this point in time. It's like, well, you're preaching development and pathways, this, that, and the other. Two Dogs juniors are in the centres right now, and they're likely to lose both of them in Paul Lamotti <laughs> and Jake Avarillo. Yeah. So are you about development pathways, or are you fucking your salary cap up again? By spending nine hundred thousand dollars on Stephen Crichton, yeah. So I don't know, but I reckon if they lost Alamotti on top of that, he's only nineteen. Two dogs products. There'd be a lot of angry fans. They better want to get some results if they're going to be letting go of some of the better juniors. Yeah, I agree, mate. So, but I just found that one interesting. He was good at fullback last year. Finished the year well in the centres. Been pretty good again this year. Not even his best position. He come through as a six. I still think I like him as a fullback. He's playing out in the centres. He's certainly done everything that's been asked of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the old master coach swoops in. Oh, so uh, comments from the super coach. Comments from the super coach. Ha ha ha. Big upgrade. Big upgrade in the centres. So there you go. Bit of an origin look. Bit of signing news. And now to preview. The origin affected round 17, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. But remember, what are you really gambling with for free and competent support? Visit Gambling Help Online. Uh, and that promo, Hammer or Turbo First 60. Started to sweat when Turbo busted his pack after two minutes, but uh, good old Hammer. Got in there about six or seven minutes before the deadline. So. If you're out there, blue bet punish, you'd be very happy with that result. I know I was. I hopped on board. You were. You were jumping up and down. cheering that one home. And for this round, <clears throat> get paid. Any NRL game. If your team leads by six points or more at halftime, all games across this weekend. Maximum winnings up to $100 in your first head-to-head bet. 
in each match. They're keeping that going. So that's an absolute belter for you there, thanks to bluebet.com.au and the charity bet. Haven't settled on anything yet, but uh, with the changes in the back line in one game in particular, I think I have something I like, but we'll get to that once we do. And we'll look at these games right now. But last week, tips I had, uh, you're it clearly in the lead now. You're on 72. I'm six behind now. It's just getting worse. What happened? I'm on 66. I think you got one extra, so you just keep chipping away at that lead, mm. you bastard. Uh, but first up, we got the Dragons and the Warriors Friday at Wynn Stadium. Jane Sullivan stays at 5'8", alongside Benny Hunt. Uh, I heard Carr on the radio today, so he spoke to him. Said he's fit, ready to go, ready to back up with all the talk this week about him not wanting to be at the club or not playing. Some were talking that maybe he would get rested or pulled out until they speak to the club or resolve this issue, but yeah, looks like that's not going to be the case. So I'm interested to see what the fans are like at the ground. Um, but yeah, he's in. DeBell on his back. I think it's his 200th this week. Jack Bird is also back. So a couple of ins for the Dolphins, for the Warriors. They're off the bye. They're unaffected. No changes. Dylan Walker comes back on the bench. Good timing with Barnett being suspended. And Luke Metcalf is still the 5'8". Tamari Martin's leg recovery taking a bit longer than expected. Um, despite those changes, I don't know what to expect from the Dragons. I'd like to think a positive reaction. You know, fit at Bellin's 200th and Hunt come out and play a good game on the back of all the noise, but I'm going the Warriors. Mm. Find it hard. And I know I said last time they win at win, but they didn't win. Yeah, so. I'll go Warriors. I'm off that noise. I'm, and with blue, I'm off that noise. Yeah. And with bluebet.com.au, the Warriors are the favourites. They're $1.48, 265. The Dragons, minus 6.5 is the line there. That's the lone Friday night game. Saturday kicks off. Sunny Coast, the Dolphins have taken their game there against the Eels. And for some reason, the team list is not there. That's great. Appreciate that, guys. Appreciate that, guys. Breaking news. I'm still filthy at the NRO website and app. The changes are fucked. It has not been good since. Do yourselves a favour and put it back to how it was. So Val Tavare is going to be in... The centres, a change there. Branko Lee is out. Tessie New also out. So Braden McGrady, debut on the wing. For the Dolphins, Hammer's been known to back up. He started to pull up a bit of a hamstring at the back end of the game, so I hope that's just a cramp. Um, otherwise, you'd be a bit worried. On their side of things, Nick Arima and Katoa are still in the halves. Jeremy Marshall King returns at hooker. Felice, a.k.a. Finn Diesel, to all their fans. He's oh, back. Finn Diesel. After playing cup last week. <clears throat> Josh Kerr, immediate debut on the bench. Lemo Olu goes back to the bench. Plath holds spot 17. I wouldn't be surprised to see Harrison Graham. He's impressive in the trials. Young hooker. Get a game in the next few weeks. But Sean O'Sullivan is probably the big name in the reserves. He's in Jersey 19. Yeah, so that is big. if he's in there late, probably expect to see... Uh, a bit of a swap there, whether it be Nicarima, go back onto the bench and maybe push Plath off to cover nine in that utility role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good one for them. Good headache to have, getting a couple of players back. For Parramatta, I think the only change on their side of things is who's into their reserves. So Arcee holds that spot with Moses in the halves. We've got big Reg back, like we said the other week. Paulo likely to back up. Cartwright, Davey, Hopgood in the back row on the bench, stack with forwards. Ogden, Offerhengawi, Madison, Makatoa, uh, and Lane in Jersey 22, a possible return. So I think uh, even with a couple of ins for the Dolphins, this is a must-win for Parra to keep that momentum going. Yeah. It's probably a must-win for the Dolphins to try and steer 
the momentum after their few losses. But I, I just think for them, they've already overachieved for this season. I don't know if the back end of the year is going to be as glorious for them. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'll go para. Yeah. <clears throat> we're both on the Parramatta seal and with bluebet.com.au, they're a dollar fifty favorite two sixty. Uh, the Dolphins who are sponsored by Bluebet and minus six and a half again is the line in that game. And second Saturday game, the Panthers head up to Newcastle. Tough game. They had their last time. Well, sorry, it's in Penrith. What am I saying? Heading up there for a second time. That won't be the case. Obviously, a swag of players possibly backing up. Toto, Yo, Luai, Martin. Leota will return this week. Crichton um, for them. So could be some late changes. For the most part, I think most of them will back up, you'd think. Yeah, I think so. A bit of a different position this year. I think they want to keep winning to stay in the top four. Like the guys that even played 80, you know, Toto, Critter, Luai, I think they'll all be available. Martin played big minutes, but I think he'll be just about right. Um, but for them, if, if they have their full strength <laughs> team, they're in a very, very good spot. Yeah. They've sort of navigated this period quite well. So far, uh, for Newcastle, in terms of changes, Lachlan Fitzgibbon is out. The back line remains the same, except uh, good old Greg Marju returns after missing the bus. So he finds his way back in this week. And in the forward pack, Dylan Lucas still holds that back row spot. So they've been chugging away, but uh, I think here it's quite obvious with those players likely backing up that you stick with the Pen- Panthers at Penrith. Yeah, I think so. Is there all three grades there? I think probably? so, yes. So yeah. crack a day if you're a Panther fan. Get out there on Saturday. You can watch football pretty much from lunchtime onwards, I'd assume. Yeah. Perfect Saturday. How good. And bluebet.com.au agrees, and it's at Bluebet Stadium. A dollar twenty-seven favorite out of the Panthers tonight. It's three eighty, ten and a half. The line in that one. Um, interested to see Ponga. You know how he goes again this week. I thought he was pretty good again last week, but if he can string together another good performance and Saturday wraps up the storm back to Amy Park up against Manly that big blow of Turbo he was named in the reserves obviously that's not going to be the case assuming his season is over my guess is that Garrick now will go back to fullback weeks probably out of the side and I don't know what sort of reshuffle they're looking at with the reserves they've got Ray Vega and Morgan Harper there honestly at this point in time I'd probably be more inclined to get Vega in there somehow but they need a centre more than anything he's more a winger They don't have the availability of Parker yet with injury. Mm. But I, I don't <clears> know. Who are they named on the extended bench? Their extended bench. Samuela is in 18. Arthur, Harper, Vega, and obviously Turbo is out. Yeah. But I, I think if he's out for the year, I move Garrick straight to one. I don't think KO is your long-term one or your option there or your best option for the rest of the season. Leaves a hole in centers. Saab's <laughs> a winger. Tui Pilotu's a winger. So I think Cool is one center, but you need to find another. Ben's obviously not available to sort of do that. You know, their back row options right now aren't really in that ilk. Could they throw a Lawton or someone out there? They've used him as a back row or a nine multiple spots. Like, I don't no. think they'll do that. But Harper's some of they tried to get rid of at the start of the year, so I can't really look at him and think they're going to be that thrilled to use him. Will they give Vega a crack at centre? I know he's a winger. No. It's different. You're playing Ray, you're playing him on the wing. Yeah, that's what I thought. He so. came back, played really well for us last week. More than likely, they're going to have to go with Harper if they do that reshuffle. If not, they have to stick with Kao at fullback. Yeah. So yeah. They've, well, they've had different combinations in their outside backs all year. So. Mm, tough spot at the moment. For Melbourne, two changes. Marin Seve broke his jaw last week, so he's gone. Uh, interesting enough, they said Olam was injured last week, or that was what was reported. He played Queensland Cup. 
There you go. So I was about to say that noise playing opposite him. He's been pretty. I don't think he's been that great this year. So maybe that was a bit of a fucking wind up to probably. They sent him back there, and it was also the All Storm clash. It was Sunshine Coast versus Brisbane Tigers. So maybe they tried to light a fire under his ass. But interesting, because yeah, last week was like he's got an injury. Then I look at the team list. I'm like, he doesn't have an injury. He's played Q Cup. So they obviously tried to get a point across. Maybe nothing was really said. And Tui Kamikamiko was playing excellent. Calf strain. There's some big baby cows. He's going to be missing for a few weeks, so you know that hurts. But uh, in terms of origin backups, you'd expect Coates to back up. Olimer's back in the centres. The Brick. How good's the Brick been? I love the Brick. Munster. Uh, I'd like to think he would back up as well. Harry Grant, even though they're at the Caxton with Alfie, yelling six more songs when they were trying to shut the joint down last night. No issue with that. One of the best videos you're going to see. Tommy Eisenhoof moved up into the front row to start with Christian Welch. Liero's in the back row with Big Nasty Nelson. So they're sticking with him on the edges. Josh King, Garlic, Sims, Penne, and Wishart. I guess if you lose Grant, the Wishart-Garlic combo worked last week. You're six, they'd bring in Pezzett. Yeah. Um, but I think they'd both back up. For Manly, the Tom blows a big blow for your season. This is a tough ask. Um, yeah, Storm in, Storm in Melbourne. Cherry back up. But yeah, I think Melbourne in Melbourne with that blow. They'll be looking to drop the hammer on them, I think, and sort of push themselves into a good spot to, you know, take a step closer to that top four because there's a bit of a chance to sort of separate here or solidify that a bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tough ask and big blow to your confidence off the back of that and it's reflected the odds with bluebat.com.au. $1.22 other Storm, four twenty-five, dollars and Manly $12.50 the start you get there. Um, so tough, but I'll be interested to see how they rejig that back line. Like I said, that, that was probably the one thing I looked at and thought, okay, in terms of centres and what's available, it's interesting. But your mob Sunday up against the Broncos would have been the Derby with Holbrook. But interested to see who's even in charge. That's the big question. It's at Suncorp, thinking that a lot of those guys will back up as well with a long turnaround. But changes for them. The only real major one, Kurt Catewell, is going to be out a few weeks with a quad strain. Brendan Piacura gets a chance to start in the back row, and he's been pretty good off the bench. Last few games. So, not bad for them. And Tyson Smoothie has slowly edged his way into that bench spot in ahead of Corey Pakes. He holds on to that 14 jersey. For the Titans, though, a couple of ins. Feet are likely to back up. They've got Kieran Foran back in this week. We know Brimson returned the week before. So, getting back to probably what is their best version of their back line. Moiaki, good stint, but only short. So, he'll definitely... Be backing up, you think, and Tino, he played three games in eight days last time. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll play again. Yeah. That bloke's so. an absolute weapon. Um, and the bench makeup there, Campbell gets pushed back to the bench. Clark, Joloff, and Cleese Haas. So I think this would be a good game. Uh, the way you guys played last time in a derby, you certainly, I think, won over Red Hot Crack, and I hope they fire up, especially now that they essentially can thank some of their second half meltdowns for costing Holbrook his job. But I'm still going the Broncos. Yeah, me too. And that's probably the big thing here, but you never know what can happen in these derby games, but the odds of bluebet.com.au, the Broncos are dollar thirty-five, three twenty. The Titans nine and a half is the start there. And another belter on Sunday post origin. South and the Cowboys, both heavy representation. Murray um, with his minutes, probably someone with a question mark just with the groin, but likely to back up. Cody Walker. Has recovered from his quad strain. His name, Mawale, back from knee surgery in a couple of cup games on the bench. Burgess is finally back in the mix. Taff holds that fullback spot with Latrell 
still missing, and Richie Kenner keeps holding that wing spot over Tarn Milne for now. But um, Sele pushed in to start with the Tola. Kalama Tungi's now been back in for a few weeks. They're going to go with Jed starting in the back row over Host, who's now in the reserve. So a bit of a rejig there, but I like the bench. Harvey was very good from last year. Mawali brings leg speed. Burgess and then Cheese sort of covers a lot of those spots. Uh, and for the Cowboys, I guess that they've been in some good form. That run is slowly, you know, starting to turn. It interests me, though, to see what he does this week. He's got Valamade name, but all his origin players in the reserves. I know his first game was very, very good, but his second game I thought was a bit iffy. And if they're going to drop felt for him, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. That was the talk the week before. Zach Labor in the centres at the moment, but again, expect Val to come back in, take that spot. Robson's probably your big question mark. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to play, he played a huge game, but the long turnaround, he's young, um, and Cotter off that head knock and playing 80, I think he'll back up as well, but yeah, they certainly in a tough spot, like we said, where we thought maybe a few of them would get left out of origin, they've ended up with a huge representation. It's true. But this should be a really good game of footy, but this is more important for the Cowboys. I don't know if I can tip them, I was thinking about it, but those minutes sort of started to sway me a little bit. And I also really worry that I think their right edge defense is absolutely vomit, and Souths have shown this year they can attack left or right, but in particular, getting Cody Walker back on that left-hand edge, that worries me. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go the Rabbits. Yeah, I'll go with Souths, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys got a third. If they win this one, I'm, I'm all over them going on a bit of a run. Yeah. Because they've picked up two important ones over Melbourne, and then last week against Penrith, they've been heavily affected. They're getting some troops back though. But if they somehow pull this one out of the bag, that will go a very long way for them to getting in the eight, and uh, potentially being a bit of a smoky in the bottom half if they get healthy and get things going right. But some good ins for South as well, and this should be a good game. Let's hope so. But South are the favourite with Bluebet.com.au dollar forty two Cowboys two dollars eighty five outsiders minus seven and a half. Is the line and to wrap things up, another cracker, um, but more of an effect, I guess, on the Roosters and some questions after some injuries last week. But six o'clock Sunday night, Allianz up against the Raiders. Tedesco, you think, would be stinging and want to back up. Collins will back up. Uh, Radley finally back from suspension. Manu pushes back into the centres with Billy Smith. Junior Puaga holds on to that <laughs> wing spot. Luke Keary, apparently, because he busted his jaw before it, just loosened a few screws. So they got out the Phillips head, good. tighten him back up. So him and Sian and Smith are still together there. Uh, Egan Butcher, Satili, and Radley are the back row. Nat, after his outstanding game last week, goes back to the bench with Brown, Crichton, and Nafahu White. And it absolutely fucking blows my mind that Sia Wong, that we spoke about, huh. still can't even get named in the 22. Went out there and absolutely killed it last week. Oh, he's been right. braining them. And they've moved him out of his edge roll into the middle roll. And I, he, I can't believe how big he looks for a 19-year-old. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But one thing they're lacking is leg speed and size and impact in the middle. If they're going to play him there the way he's been playing, I'd fucking have him in there playing right now. Yeah. He's been great. For Canberra, no real changes there. But uh, in terms of you know their last result and coming off the bye, disappointing effort for Tootsie's 300. You'd expect better. And looking at their team, I think the only bloke you got to worry about is Hudson. I think he'll be stinging again and keen to play. Didn't play a full game and Big Red, if he's not too drunk, he'll be certainly on a high after being in camp there and being at the Caxton. You think so? Could see him trying to punch some holes in some Roosters players on Sunday. So, mm. 
I think that a favourite this this one, which with their form again, I think a lot of the time this year it's been more on what we've all expected them to be. I just can't tip them until they string a couple together. So I'll stick with the Raiders. Not with a hell of a lot of confidence, but similar deal for the Roosters. This is all in for them. This is one of those ones where if they lose, they start to lose touch with the eight. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll go Raiders. Mm. And the odds with bluebet.com.au, as I said, the Roosters are the favourite at $1.62. 230 are the Raiders minus 3.5 is the line. Home game, what like we said, the bottom of the ladder <laughs> at the moment is eight wins. They're obviously on seven. Uh, they've already had two buyers, so they've got 10 games left. So they need to get moving, obviously. But if Canberra, Para, the Warriors all win, the bottom of the eight benchmark sort of moves to nine. The only team who doesn't play this week is the Sharks. Their next few games, I know the draw doesn't necessarily matter, but they've got a, not a bad run coming up. Yeah. So it's in a position now where if Manly, the Titans, Roosters all sort of lose this weekend and the Cowboys, it's going to get harder. They're all going to probably be basically one out technically with the Sharks, but with a game in hand. So we're getting into dangerous territory. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a really big weekend there. And same as the top four. Like I said, if Panthers, Storm, Souths all find a way to win along with Brisbane, that's going to start to finally see a bit of a separation by a game or two there for a couple of teams. And that divide after a long period, it's never really got to this point of the year where it hasn't been clear yet by round 17, which is great. Mm. But th- this is a very season-defining weekend for a lot of teams. Yeah. This is the difference between the Warriors being just in the eight or having a chance to make the top four, given their unorigin effect in where they're at. This is the difference between the Sharks sitting there going, all right, those few games cost us maybe the fours out of our reach now. We just got to get in the eight. Difference between a few of these teams, like I said, locking in top four. Difference for Parramatta, a couple of these teams to get the whip out and give themselves a bit of breathing room and potentially, like I said, just pile a heap of shit on a few of these teams that are on the outside. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, some big clashes, some very, very big clashes, but it's starting to look like, well, I think we already know that Dogs, Tigers, Dragons are out of the mix. I think that loss, even with the draw for Newcastle last week, sort of puts them in a spot now with their three out. Um, they've probably got four teams sort of out of the mix there, but yeah, there's two or three others that are getting to a point now where they, they need to start fighting Yeah, they do to bring that log jam back. But some of these head-to-heads are certainly going to sort it out this weekend, that's for sure. But all those odds brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Uh, like we said, if you're going to have a bet, get on board with the bookie that supports us and our charity account. But remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Call 1800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And also, no power ranking this week, but thank you to Jake and the crew at Penrith Solar Center. The big man's in fucking Germany. Pretzels and beer at some big conference. Living his best life. But like I said, if you want to see his showroom, 138 Bat Street in Jemison Town, you can see the Elon of Penrith. Start talking to him about solar or anything renewable. You'll never get out of there. Um, but he certainly does quality work. So au. there's no one better. Help your family, help yourself. Help your back pocket with quality solar solutions. And only right around the corner, at the other end of Bat Street, like we said, in York Road. Tobias and Tell the Yangay team. Tucson's, Velosters, all the weird fucking names that they've got for their Korean automobiles. Yep. Get on board, Toby and the team. Player. Mm. The girls just went down as well in Origin. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a bit on why we've been recording, so I haven't seen it. What was the score? I don't know. 
So it didn't matter about the uh, differential or game two. I don't know. I just saw it flush up. Go so if, if they've lost, it's two zip. Mm. Series over. I oh, know they didn't. They won, but they lost on differential. Yeah. So, so what, New South Wales women won eighteen fourteen, but they needed to win by eight or more. They needed to win by nine. So yeah. didn't know again if that had a golden point possibility or whatever. We spoke about that. During well, it's the pretty week. stupid that two games and you're fucking end up with the draw. That's dumb. So it's a drawn series. So Upton scored a try. Emily Bass, Tarrant Aitken. They did the damage early. Tiana Penitani on return scored the first, but scored one just on half and late. Yasmin Clydesdale scored only one conversion each, but two penalty goals from Jesse Southwell proved to be the difference after being down 14 6 at half time, but they lose the series by four points. Right. So there you go. This is why you should just have a, a game three, though. Because you look at this now. Two-game series decided by four points. This is the point of having three. I know the dead rubber scenario we bring up if it's the other way around, but in this scenario, you're like, okay, we won by four points of differential. That's just fucking dumb. It's dumb regularly. <sighs> but what do you do? Mm. Great. Oh, there you go. Two points for the week, mate. Yeah. It's a Thursday. Things chugging along. How's preparation for the weekend going? Yeah, we're all prepped. Cutting done tomorrow. So, play Sunday. You obviously have to wait and see maybe for a player or two now with the turbo situation. Well, yeah, they're going to, going to Melbourne on Saturday and we play Sunday. So, yeah, it could make it difficult. But South play same time. Like we play 3 o'clock. South play at 4 o'clock at ANZ. So, yeah, both going to have to leave a couple. You'd think, yeah, South will... Yeah, South's probably better position than us. Just in terms of, they'll probably take 18, maybe 19. So, mm. yeah, you do what you, you, you got to do. How have they been going? I know they... Good. Yeah, them. it's an important game for they us. They beat the we, Dragons the other week. We're um same amount of wins, or they've got one more than us, maybe. Uh, yeah, so, important. I think it's a sort of an important month for us. We've got... You got all the teams. Uh, South Roosters, Bears, uh, Raiders, Jets, I think it is for us. So, And they're all teams that, yeah, are going to be in and around the five. So with the top five, it makes it pretty difficult. Um, where I think we're six, six, and two. Six wins, six losses, and two draws. So with two buys. Yeah, that would all go to me. I'm trying to get the load, but yeah. And six, six. Two, two. So looking at that, the Bulldogs are essentially in because you guys right now. How many wins have they got? They got ten. Everyone else is on six, nine, and eight. Yeah. So it's going to be bold. That they'd have to pretty much fall on their ass plus two draws to get pushed out. How many points? There's yeah. six points clear of six. How many? How many points clear of us are there? Six, six. But they've yeah. got ten wins. They've got a buy You've got hand. six. So really, they're eight points clear of us. We've ten to play. Yeah. So they're probably the only one right now really looking like they're locked in. Oh, look, I think I'd the, assume the teams, the teams that have got nine wins, apart from the Bears, I think uh, a shoe in. The Bears are on the slide a little bit. Honestly, think if the Warriors didn't have the injuries, they would. I think the, War- be... the Warriors, I think, will will probably make the five. If, I, if NRL I stays healthy, Dogs, Jets, Panthers, Warriors. I'd almost say. Well, let's put this way: shoe ins, but. Look, I think Dogs, Jets, Panthers will all be there. If Jazz gets back, 
because they missed him, Metcalf, a couple of guys for a long period. If they get guys like Tamara or Metcalf and a few drop back down, I think they're a smoky if they make the top four. Yeah. Because they started off really well, and then the Warriors had some injuries, and they've had to play a lot of young guys. But they get a few more back and drop some of their depth in. Yeah, it's probably two spots for Bears, Warriors, us. I don't know about the Rabbits, Bears. I think the Bears Raiders. might be... Who's below the Raiders? Around, Dragons, Magpies, Eels, who are going yeah, through a rough... Up. They've won seven games, though, so they've obviously won early. Who? Para. So they've won more games than us. And they've had no boys. There you go. So it's, that's a ridiculous The so two buys, they go straight to fifth. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. The, the buys and the way the draw is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. That's why when I, I so, customise a ladder and I take all that stuff out. Knights and Roosters go, are basically gone. I just go wins. They're too far away. They're four and five wins away respectively. Yeah. That's too much ground to make up. So right now you've got 11 teams still eligible, really. But in the next few yeah, weeks, it's an open call. there'll be a couple of people potentially ruled out, similar to the NRL. You've got a good log jam. It'd make it very exciting if it was top eight. Mm. Oh, definitely. But that's probably the one that stands out for me. I think the the, the Jets might get six. one or two back. The Dogs are what they are. They'll probably get a few back at the end of the year. But I think the Warriors, given the top-end talent and a few guys that weren't available and a couple of injuries, if NRL stays healthy, tomorrow comes back and Matt Carfer and a couple of others get pushed back, they might be a bit of a smoke. How many wins for South? Eight. South have got eight and they've got a bite again. We've, we've got six. So really, like we can't afford to lose this You have game to win. Because it'll be three three win gut just mm-hmm. to South, let alone everyone else. And like you said, then after that, you start to play some of those teams above you. So you need just to. Just go to go up the top and go, instead of all teams, go Blacktown. Seagulls, yeah. And you'll be able to tell what our draw is. Yeah, South. Yeah, well, you Roosters, should beat the Roosters. Bears, then you've got the Bears who directly affect you. Raiders. Jets, Jets who directly affect you. Yeah. Dragons. So everyone in the next few weeks is around you. But you get the Roosters yeah. twice. Yeah. So you need the Roosters to, are going good. We you need Panthers. to jag both of those probably and you need to beat those teams around you. Warriors. You're playing everyone literally is going to affect yeah, you. That's right. Destiny's in our own hand. Exactly. I, I think we need to win. We've got 10 games left. I think seven. You play the whole top five. Seven will guarantee us a spot, I think. Six. Yeah, six might be tough. Mm. See, how, see how we go. Well... Some people said that they'd like to have seen a press conference if you were coaching. That's Buzz. They want me to be Buzz afterwards if you were to coach a game like New South Wales and go in and talk like the great man. Mm. Mm. And just, I, I don't know what they were doing. I want a new coach. I want a new coach. And Jerome... I made that video clip right <laughs> Jerome now. Jerome The Rooney Wanless thing right now is just ringing in my head last night. Jerome Luai is a grump. <laughs> and he's got long hair like Randy's going to have a field day like right? a hippie but priceless if you haven't seen those Randy's Bar video clips very funny stuff yeah very funny stuff surely what a crazy two days go from get wiped out there and all the talk about players and future and coaching then Holbrook today they dropped that one in there through the news cycle hoping that one will just get passed by they don't name an interim Desi's not coming to 2024 just after all the Flanagan shitstorm that's been going on with the Dragons for fuck knows how long, and now the Ben Hunt situation, which is still not resolved. Don't want to make any sense. There's never a dull moment in the rugby league, and especially the NRL. Yeah, there's a lot to happen. I'm more interested to see how they go this weekend, how those talks go. If he's that far off it, there's no way he's going to be there. You wouldn't think so, would you? Like, talking Flanagan or talking the club, like, I don't see how you fix the problem. Yeah. Like, if he's that off it... Well, like I said, I, I can't sympathise completely. I can somewhat, but again, if it was around Hawker and this, that, and the other, 
which can't be the only reason, but sure he would have seen the right on the wall and they wouldn't give him a clause about him staying as the coach. Yeah. To the point where besides that, players getting thrown to the wolves, the comments round two to five on this, like sure that's probably all added to it. Yeah. And I could sort of understand the frustration, but yeah, for them to think that maybe he's going to buy in at this point in time, I'd just be going to market, like I said, looking for a trade partner or some cash and then taking the salary cap and trying to make some moves because I just don't see how this gets fixed. Agree. Um, and yeah, for the, the CEO, Webb was sitting there the other day basically saying on radio, they said, can you guarantee you'll be there for the two years? Like, I'll guarantee that. I said, fuck, you shouldn't be guaranteeing anything. Yeah, you should be saying nothing. You just should be saying, we'll talk to Ben Hunt and we'll go from there. Yeah. And let Shane talk to him. We'll deal with it in-house and then we'll talk to everybody else. Ryan Carr handled it really well today on the radio. Whenever they asked him a lot of questions and I'm like, what do you think you're going to get from him? He's not going to speak out of school. Like, he doesn't even know if he's probably going to have a job. He's contracted for next year but with Flanagan coming in. Yeah. He's not going to give you anything that he knows about the club and what's going on hmm. while you're the interim in a situation that's a bit of a fire pit at the moment. So I think he's certainly done himself plenty of favours with the way he's coached and spoken yeah. so far in the current situation. Yeah. Um, and if Flanagan does move him on, which I don't think he'll move him on, I think he'll probably keep Carr. He, he certainly won't struggle to find a job. No. The other one as well is probably Holbrook. Didn't mention that before. A lot of people are like, well, what would he I do? I think he'll go the Roosters. I'd about to say the same thing. If I'm I'd, the Roosters. I'd go to the Roosters tomorrow. They lost assistance and they're talking about promoting more of their players. If you're talking about a quality guy, and especially someone who's pretty good on the attacking side of things. They need some help. No brainer. Don't think he'd be getting a head coaching job immediately or right, right back on the radar. So he might have someone. And he's been at the Roosters. He's yeah. been in their pathway That's before. That's insane. Yeah. Um, if not, I wouldn't surprise me if there's nothing here for him. Someone in the UK will go for him. Yeah. Yeah. Great success over there. But yeah, I think yeah, that one. Great success. Great success. That was the instant one that popped my head is if you're Trent Robinson with the quality of assistance you've lost and looking for someone more secure, you get a quality NRL coach uh, proven with attacking side of things. And someone who's not going to be fucking rolling at the door in 12 months' time, I think, for another head coaching job. Yeah. So, see how that one plays out. But, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, a lot more to develop around your mob. But, yeah, a couple of weeks' time, like I said, I think there's a lot more to come with this origin side of things and selections. And wouldn't surprise me if there's a few guys that have injuries pop up or, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, to say the least. Yeah. But, there you go, mate. 100% mate. Back into NRL tomorrow. Um, short round. Three teams on the boy. Doggies, Sharks and the Tiggity Tigers. Two teams that are basically out of the mix already. Yeah. The Sharkies would have been an interesting one if those teams all above them win. The top four starting to get a bit shaky but a lot to play out and like we said a lot of critical matchups to shape this ladder a bit and whether that logjam continues at the bottom or teams start to separate. So... Good competition so far. Good year. Or like I said, the Origin Series obviously disappointed unless you're at Queensland. And congratulations. But overall, 2023, it's been a good year. 100%. Anything else to finish this off, mate? No, mate, I've got nothing for you. You're all good. There you go. It's all done, mate. It's gone. Done. Silent. Oh, I forgot one in there that I was going to throw in when I wrote down my notes. They talking about Melbourne and having their coaches. The Broncos have clearly got someone teaching them jiu-jitsu because Reese Walsh tried to put Jerome Luai <laughs> in some sort of chokehold. He was wrenching at the neck in the actions of what you would consider a jiu-jitsu move. Yep, he did. He should have choked a little bit harder if we're honest, but, you know, he had a chance. <laughs> he had a chance. Uh, yep. How good. Yeah. All right. I'm done, mate. Yeah. It's bedtime. I'm done. I just can't do it. A couple of late nights. Tap, tap.
I can't talk about it. You can't. It's just broken. <laughs> I'm broken. Classic. All right, everybody. Sorry if you're a New South Wales fan. Congratulations if you're a Queensland fan. Looking forward to a belt around. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Penrith Soul Center, and thank you, Sinclair Hyundai. Penrith, everybody out there, hope you're all doing well, staying safe. And, uh, what the fuck does that mean? You always say that. I know. Just staying safe. Care about the people. There's been a lot of talk about milk. There was more comments about milk coming through. Getting lots what about of laughs. Milk? Oh, about almond, oat, and my comments about, about full milk. cream. There's been, been a lot of support for the full cream party. Yeah, who cares? Had a few say the other way to try almond and open this, that, and the other. I'm just like, no. No. Yeah. Sticking with the cow, bro. Fair enough. You Frank, do you, mate. That's you just, you. That's where I'm at, all right? Yeah, it's okay. That's where I'm at. It's okay, mate. Mm. Mm. You do you. Mm. Other than that, plenty more football coming up. So for now, everybody. Stay safe. That's right. Stay safe. Don't stay safe. Get loose. Get loose. <laughs> get loose. Live off. Have a couple of scary armies and take blurry photos like Andrew Wales after he hopefully had 30 Oh, that time. was great. Now look at that photo straight away. Andrew, if you're listening, so happy. if that blurry photo was just a result of poor use of technology, I'm highly disappointed. Well, that better have been from intoxication. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't from intoxication and you've travelled up there, that's disappointing. He's from... He's one because from, regardless from, of the result, if you're going to go to Caxton Troop and Suncorp, you need to get Brock Humphrey style where he couldn't talk by the time we got to the stadium. I could talk. I just and I was just talk. staring into space. It was great. I was just off it. And I was very jealous last night, one last little thing here, seeing that KFC bucket in the corner of the people that won that contest. I thought I had a pretty good entry. Yeah, obviously not good enough. I had my fingers crossed. but Crossed? No dice. And how good. They cut Nolsey off TV and apparently he sung the Friday Night Footy jingle. I was like, wow. Did he? Yeah, good. That's really cute. Does he sing that song? Friday night food. Is Friday that night food. Apparently they got him to sing it. I don't know if it's him or not. Yeah, but right, okay. There's a big write-up today saying about how disrespectful it was. I'm like, I'm sure he got paid well enough to not be on TV and just rock the stadium. Interesting. I'm sure yeah. he doesn't give two fucks. No. And if they gave him a couple of drummies and beers afterwards and a nice paycheck, I'm sure Shannon was very happy to do what he did. Because you got to leave. Huh. Yeah, good. Oh, Shannon, eh? All right. We're out. Enjoy your week, everyone, and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 